Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Fair far your honest sonsy face, great chieftain o' the puddin' race. Aboon them ye tack your place, pinch, tripe, or therm. We'll are ye worthy o' a grace as lang's my arm. The groaning trencher there ye fill, your hurdies like a distant hill. Your pinwad help me to mend a mill in time o' need, while throw your pores the dews distill like amber bead. His knife see rustic labour dicht and cut you up with ready slicht, trenching your gushing entrails bricht like ony ditch, and then, oh, what a glorious sicht, warm, reeking, rich. Then horn for horn they stretch and strive, they'll take their hindmost on the drive, till a' their wheel-swallowed kites belive are bent like drums. The old good man mayst like to arrive, bethink it hums. Is that hour his French ragu or olio that wad stoa sue or fricassee wad macker spew with perfect scunner? Look down with sneering scornfy view on sicker dinner. Poor devil, see him hour as trash as feckless as a withered rash. His spindle shank a good whiplash is neither knit. Throw bloody flood or field to dash, oh how unfit. But mark the rustic haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his tread. Clap in his wally neva bled, he'll mack it whistle. And legs and arms and heads will sned like taps o' thristle. Ye powers wa make mankind your care and dish them out their bill of fare. Old Scotland wants nae skinkin' ware that japs in luggies. But if ye wish her grateful prayer, gear a haggis.
Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we're talking about Rabbi Burns. So Robert or Rabbi Burns was born on the 25th of January in 1759 in a place called Alloway, which is just a few miles outside of Ayr in the west of Scotland. He was born to William Burns and his mother Agnes Brune or Agnes Brown. His parents were tenant farmers, however, they ensured that Rabbi was well educated and Rabbi began to read at a very early age. He enjoyed the works of Alexander Pope, Henry Mackenzie and Laurence Stern in particular. Due to his family's farm life, Rabbi was educated mostly by his father, but he did attend Dalrymple Parish School in mid-1772 until he returned to full-time farm work during the harvest of that year. In 1773, he was sent to study with a man called John Murdoch for three weeks, who taught him English grammar, Latin and French. At aged 15 in 1774, Rabbi was now the head labourer on his family's Mount Oliphant farm. It is during that time that he met a girl called Nellie, which was short for Helen, who had come to work on the farm. Rabbi wrote his first poem about Nellie called Oh Once I Loved a Bonnie Lass, or more commonly, Handsome Nellie. In 1775 he was sent away again to complete his education when he met Peggy Thompson, to which he wrote two songs. Due to issues William Burns had with his landlord at the Mount Oliphant farm, the Burns family moved to a farm at Loch Lee in South Ayrshire near the village of Tarbolton. It was the community of Tarbolton that the Burns family integrated into, with Rabbi joining a country dancing school in 1779, much to the disdain of his father and Rabbi and his brother Gilbert formed the Tarbolton Bachelors Club in 1780, which was a debate club for men only, and a lot of their debates were about love or women. At age 22, Burns moved to Irvine to work as a flax dresser, but returned to the Lochlee farm after the flax shop was burned to the ground during the workers' New Year party, of which Burns was a part of. When he returned from Irvine, he met a man called Captain Richard Brown, and it was this man who encouraged Rabbi most to become a poet. Rabbi's father, William Burns, passed away in January of 1784, and along with Gilbert, Rabbi tried to keep the Lochley farm going. However, they both ended up moving to Mochlin instead, to another farm at a place called Moss Giel. Whilst pursuing a relationship with a woman named Jean Armour, Rabbi had a daughter called Elizabeth with his mother's servant, Elizabeth Payton. During that time, Jean fell pregnant herself in 1787 and gave birth to twins in March the following year. Jean Armour's father did not like Rabbi and had initially forbade the couple to be married and even sent Jean away to live with her uncle in Paisley, but the marriage went ahead in 1788. In total, Jean and Rabbi had nine children together, however only three had survived through their infancy. Due to a lack of success in the farming occupation, Burns found himself in debt, which led him to being offered a job as a bookkeeper on a sugar plantation in Jamaica. A bookkeeper in this instance was someone who kept a record of the slaves on the plantation. 
Now, Burns' views on equality were addressed in his poem, The Slave's Lament, where it was confirmed that he held egalitarian views. Before he married Jean Armour, Burns was actually married to a woman called Mary Campbell, who he had met at church when he lived near Tarbolton. They married on the 14th of May in 1786, however she contracted typhus from her brother and died in October of that year in the town of Greenock. Burns' first book, Poems, chiefly in the Scots dialect, was published on the 31st of July in 1786. The book was actually meant to raise money for Burns to move to Jamaica. However, he found instant success with the book that arguably contains some of his best work, with Twa Dogs and To a Mouse being particular favourites of mine. Due to the success of the book, uh, which was also known as the Kilmarnock volume, Burns was invited to Edinburgh to publish a second and longer adaptation of the first book. For the cover of the, what is now known as the Edinburgh volume, the publisher William Creech commissioned a portrait to be painted of Burns. This was the now infamous painting of the man and was used as the cover on the book. During this time, Burns met a 16-year-old Walter Scott who would go on to have his own influence in Scottish culture, of which we will cover at some point during the course of this podcast. Whilst in Edinburgh, Burns had a number of affairs, one of which with a Jenny Clough, or Clo, a servant of another of Burns' mistress, and Jenny bore Burns a son in 1788. Another one of Burns' affairs was with a woman called Nancy McElhose, or pseudonym Clarinda. The pseudonym appears in a number of Burns' works. So that particular affair with Nancy McElhose bore the poem A Fond Kiss. Burns sent Nancy the manuscript of said poem just before she herself left to go to Jamaica. Once he left Edinburgh in 1788, he rekindled his relationship with Jean Armour and then getting married, and they took a lease on a farm in Dumfriesshire. However, come 1791, Burns gave up on farming altogether. In November the year before 1790, he had completed what was considered to be his masterpiece, Tam O'Shanter. After giving up on the farm, Burns and Armour moved to the town of Dumfries. Burns now turned to songwriting and became a lyricist. During that time, he wrote hundreds of songs for countless published books. Burns would also spend time collecting and preserving traditional Scottish folk songs, and on some occasions he would even revise, expand on, or adapt the songs to fit with certain tunes. His world-famous A Man's A Man and A That was one particular example, but of course... His adaptation of Auld Lang Syne, sung traditionally on Hogmanay or New Year to non-Scots, was also set to the tune of an old Scottish folk song. Auld Lang Syne, I must also add in here, is uh, was also a previously it was a, it was a song that he had heard when he was collecting these songs, and he adapted it to the version that we know today. During Burns' time in Dumfries, he also wrote a number of songs and poems showing his support for, for example, the ending of the slave trade and his support for women's rights. 
Along with his writings, Burns also worked as an excise supervisor, which involved a lot of horseback travel through some pretty, uh, pretty bad weather conditions. And soon, because of this, Burns' health started to deteriorate. And Burns died at his home in Dumfries on the 21st of July in 1796, at the age of 37. He was first buried in a very nondescript grave in St Michael's Churchyard in Dumfries. However, his widow Jean Armour saw Burns eventually laid to rest in a specially made mausoleum built in the same churchyard in 1817. Jean was also buried in the same mausoleum after her death in 1834. Through his surviving 12 children, Robert Burns has almost 1,000 living descendants in the world to this day. On the 21st of July 1801, on the 5th anniversary of Burns' death, the first commemorative supper was held to Burns. However, the first actual Burns supper as we know them today was on the 29th of January 1802 which the attendees believed to be Burns' birthday until they checked the records and discovered that Burns' birthday was actually the 25th of January. And since then, Burns' suppers have been held traditionally on or around that date. Personally, I have never attended a formal supper. However, a formal Burns' supper follows a particular order of events. First of all, all of the guests arrive to the sound of the bagpipes and you're welcomed by a speech from the host. Grace is then said in the form of Burns's Selkirk Grace. The Selkirk Grace goes, Some hay meat and canna eat it, and some wad eat that want it. But we hay meat, and we can eat, and say the Lord be thank it. After the grey soup is then served, followed by the main course of haggis, neeps and tatties, that's turnips and potatoes for the laymans, the haggis is welcomed again by the sound of the bagpipes and then is addressed by the host. The poem, addressed to the haggis, is then read. This part can sometimes be the whole highlight of the meal if some theatrics are thrown in, especially involving knives. Before the main is eaten, a toast of single malt whisky is made once again to the haggis. After the main meal, a dessert may be offered, uh, with even more whisky on show, especially if a traditional Scottish Cranachan is offered. More toasts and speeches follow, including the address to the lassies, which is a thanks to the women, with a female guest then offering a reply to the laddies after which songs and poems by Burns are performed until the closing ceremony where everyone joins hands and sings Auld Lang Syne at the end of the evening. In 2009, Rabbi Burns narrowly won a poll to be named the greatest Scot of all time. Many statues and bursts of Burns appear all over Scotland and of course all over the New World as well. 
So once again, folks, uh, that's uh, the end of another podcast. I want to thank uh, everyone for, again, your patience. Wasn't feeling too great at the weekend there when I was planning on recording uh, a new episode. So uh, this episode is for those of you who uh, have requested Rabbi Burns. Again, pretty much from day one, I've always had um, uh, a number of requests. It's been um, this this podcast has probably taken me the longest to do um, in terms of the research and things because I ended up on a YouTube um, and down a YouTube rabbit hole we shall say of uh, burn songs and then I got on to the Corries and then on to everyone else after that. Uh, I think I ended up listening to The Prodigy at some point as well. So, um, you know, uh, I like to make sure that my research is done and uh, that I get into the right frame of mind before I start going into these particular subjects. So, uh, so that, again, that's for all of you who have requested uh, the story of Rabbi Burns. Uh, interestingly, I did mention that uh, Rabbi Burns' birthday is the 25th of January. Um, my birthday is actually the 24th of January and my girlfriend's birthday is the 26th of January. So we have this sort of little tradition where my, one of my favourite meals is essentially a burn supper with the haggis, neeps and tatties. Uh, so on the 24th of January, I like to have my haggis, neeps and tatties. Then, of course, on the 25th of January, we have haggis, neeps and tatties. And then, uh, then you know, after that, we have my girlfriend's birthday, on which we usually have a Chinese or something. Um, so once again, folks, I just want to uh, say thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, head over to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Uh, like the page there, and if you wouldn't mind clicking on the share button so that uh, you can share it with your friends. Uh, if you're on Twitter, uh, you can get me on at Scott History Pod. Uh, also on Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod. You can send me a direct mail uh, through email through scotthistorypod at gmail.com as well. I'm currently in the process of looking into getting a website uh, set up. Um, So um, if anyone out there in particular is good with images and things like that, I would like to hear from you. That would be uh, fantastic. Um, thank you again to everybody who's contacted me over the last week and again even uh, those of you who sent well wishes my way at the weekend when I wasn't feeling too good uh, that's uh, that's it's so very very kind of you and uh, you know um, I can't believe that uh, I get such a great response from doing this podcast so I'm absolutely overwhelmed every single week um, if you want to support the podcast in any way you can do so that's via the patreon page that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash scott history pod um another thing that i should mention as well uh, i've been listening a lot to a, a couple of other podcasts one in particular that i gave a shout out to before however i think i got the actual name of the podcast wrong it's the thistle do nicely podcast so thistle t-h-i-s-t-l-e as in the 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 weed or the flower uh, so thistle do nicely done by some uh, scots who live now in new york city their episodes are fun they're funny um and i really enjoy it so they gave me a shout out on their latest episode which was about 
haggis, believe it or not. Um, so I do recommend that you head across there and uh, some interesting things might be happening in the future there. Um, aside from that, folks, once again, I'm, I'm hoping to be back again at the weekend. So uh, keep your uh, eyes on your favourite podcast uh, app, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, YouTube. Again, you know, you can subscribe on YouTube. Uh, just search for the Scottish History Podcast. You'll be able to find me no problem at all. And if I just check quickly my wee stats here as well, for those of you on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving the podcast a little rate as well, you know, rate it honestly as well, you know, if you think it's one star, two star, whatever. Obviously, I do prefer four or five is always good. But at the moment, uh, we're currently sitting at number 140 on the Apple Podcasts education charts, uh, which I think is just, again, baffling that I'm anywhere near that. Uh, and also last week we were sitting at number 33 in the education charts in New Zealand. Um, again, just blown away by all of this. Uh, but as per usual, it's uh, very early in the morning to to me or to the clock. But to me, it's very late at night. It's half past six in the morning. So I'm just rambling on now. So once again, folks, thank you very much for listening. Like, share and subscribe the podcast every which way that you can. Send me a message, talk to me, tell me about anything that you would like to hear about in the future. And uh, I will speak to you again, hopefully, fingers crossed, this coming weekend. Thank you very much. Cheerio.